0: It's game time, heroes. Welcome to the Outlaw's Outpost.
1: Outlaw's Outpost.
0: Welcome, 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 heroes, to the Outlaws Outpost, your unofficial guide to the best Overwatch League team, brought to you by the Surly Nerd Podcast and the official Outlaws supporter group here in Austin, the Lone Star Vanguard. I'm your host, James, and this week we have a great panel with us to talk about the Outlaws. First off, we have the producer of this show, Tony. Hey. Big Outlaws fan? Are you excited to be here?
1: Yeah, I I am a fan of the Outlaws, weirdly (laughs) enough. We'll get into reasons why later.
0: All right, excellent. And uh, also on our panel this week, uh, straight over from the
2: Surly Nerd podcast, we've got Hector. Na na na. Na na (laughs) na. Can we now I gotta that? edit that out, that's I mean, copyrighted. I, I, I don't think me none nying is copyrighted. <laughs> you know what, let's just float it and find well, out. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll test see. the water yeah. here and see how
0: this whole thing goes. Okay, so before we get rolling, what the heck is the Outlaws Outpost? Well, it just so happens that our favorite Overwatch League team is the Houston Outlaws, and we have way too much to say about them. So here we are, ready to chat and debate all things Outlaws. This week we're going to kick things off with a little who are the Outlaws, Uh, what have they done in the first couple stages of the uh, Overwatch League, and in the coming weeks we'll dive deeper into specific matches and of course talk about our favorite players, which spoilers is all of them. Now that you know who we are, let's jump right in and talk about who the Outlaws are. So, for the panel, does anybody here have any familiarity with the Outlaws or its members prior to watching the Overwatch League?
1: No. I had I I'd read news about these different groups online when they had different names, um, but I was unfamiliar with uh, Outlaws or what became the Outlaws um, and kind of Overwatch in general, honestly.
0: Okay.
2: What about you, Hector? Uh, no, I did follow a streamer um, who played Overwatch at a very high level before the um, Overwatch League began, but he ended up on the Dallas Fuel, okay. which I was a fan of initially. That ended pretty quickly. <laughs> that, you're just like, nope, we can't. Do yeah, that no, none of that.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that this a little bit. So the Outlaws are owned by a larger esports group, which is Optic Gaming, and they're here in Texas. And they don't cover just Overwatch. They're known worldwide for their players in all kinds of games, like PUBG, Counter Strike, League of Legends. They're even co-owned by people that own the Texas Rangers. And that's that's insane to me.
2: That's very very cool,
0: and that's a, that's a kind of a common theme with the OWL right right mm-hmm. now right. They're they're actually owned by like a lot of them are owned by major sports teams. Correct. So that kind of cements its place that you know if it does well, the OWL is here to stay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they're also sponsored by, I mean, major like fast food franchises and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and and it's a big thing that the OWL Movie has been companies. doing and yeah. been pushing. Yeah. And yeah, they're trying to kind of, uh, I don't, I hesitate to use this term, but they're wanting to like legitimize the sport in a way. Mm-hmm. And the okay. way that you do that is like through sponsorship. Mm-hmm. You know, you get big big names attached to your product. You bring in the sponsors, that brings in the money. And they said that eventually they do want to take these teams, which currently all kind of fight out of L.A. Eventually, they do want them to be here in their home cities. Like, that's the ultimate goal for the Overwatch League. They just have to start small right now, keep it all focused and everybody playing in L.A., and then you kind of branch out from there. Well, yeah.
1: You're, um, we just... Uh, 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 stage two just ended, and some of the teams actually did go to um, their respective like cities or states to say, hey, hi, how's it going? Uh, we
0: play that game that you watch. Right, yeah. <laughs> and we did actually get to meet the Outlaws. It was pretty cool. And so... Um, let's actually get into kind of our main topic for this episode, which is kind of the road so far. So coming into stage one of the Overwatch League, uh, I believe, Hector, you know a little bit about this. Houston was seen kind of as an underdog.
2: Huge underdog. Um, When we talked about, and this is going, yeah, all the way back to stage one, people gave a lot of predictions for Soul, of course, Mm -hmm. um, for uh, London Spitfire uh, was heavily favored. People thought they would be, like, Number one for sure, maybe number two, um, a New York Excelsior as well. No one thought anything would happen with the Houston Outlaws. Yeah.
0: And I believe that the the Dallas Fuel was seen as like one of the big teams to beat. Dallas Fuel was
2: supposed to be one of the big teams to beat as well, mostly because of the streamer I followed, uh, Siegel. But for some reason, they just don't play him that much.
0: Yeah, and so it, it's it's kind of weird because we're all such big, huge fans of the Houston Outlaws. But at the same time, like we became fans really early on. We, we went to a viewing party here in Austin, mm-hmm. and we were like, hey, this is like the team we want to back. Of course, Tony, you and I are from Houston, so that's kind of yeah, the, we're the Houston, team that
1: we... Yeah, we're from Houston, so we were like... pretty natural. Well, it's kind of started out whenever... Before any of the, the games that actually started, we were like kind of looking like, oh, Overwatch League is a thing that's coming out. And... It, you showed me one day just all the different team names and logos, mm-hmm. and you said you, know, you were like, "Oh, look at the one for Houston." I was like, "Holy, that is a great logo design. I love that design." Yeah. So I kind of just immediately, just visually, wanted to support them because I just like the logo. First. It's a great. And was it's the best
2: Houston. logo in the in the team. And anyone I, I who says so, otherwise too. is joking. Yeah, like, I've
0: looked at all the logos from the Overwatch
2: League, and I'm like, man, I don't know. Like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you get like a lion, or you know, the the dragon's pretty cool. But I don't. I think... actually kind of like the London Spitfire logo. Yeah, uh, the, the the biplane. The, yeah, eh, I kind of like that one. I guess it's not a biplane. it's a prop it's, plane. Yeah, it's fun. Eh, it's cool. I, yeah, I also I mean... like
1: Mayhem's uh, like the the bomb with
2: the palm yes. tree. On the, the bomb side. with the palm Absolutely. tree. I think it's cute for Florida. <laughs> that is but... the most Florida icon yeah. in the history of Florida. <laughs> they should have
0: been <laughs> the Miami Mayhem though. They have like, been the there Miami was a missed mayhem. opportunity. But there. then you there. have like what do you
2: have like a skyline of Miami with a bomb in front of it? That's the wrong message. That is definitely the
0: wrong message. Now that you you kind of mention it. Although, to be fair, like, ours is, you know, two guns. Yeah,
2: but, I mean, it's Houston. Pop, pop.
0: (laughs) There you go. So, here we are in stage one, and Houston's the underdog, right? And they just come out of freaking nowhere. Jake, who's, like, their main uh, DPS player, Mm -hmm. like, Babe Ruth style calls out, like, we're going, like, 4-0, like, with these matches. Mm Mm-hmm. This is nuts. And th- yeah. no
1: one believed him. No was yeah. like, no that's one never, never going him. to happen.
2: Mm-mm. Yeah,
0: I, re- I remember this moment very clearly because we were sitting there watching it and they're doing like the after show interview and they're like, hey, you just won this match. Like, you know, how far do you think you can go? And he's like, oh, we've totally got the next one and the one after that. And you know what? We're just going to 4 0 the next set. Yeah. And not only did they like 4 0 the next sets, they like 4 0ed, 4 0 the next sets, mm-hmm. which means they not only won four games in a row, but they also won all the maps respectively. Mm-hmm. That's what I
1: was going to say. Um, since this is a new podcast, but when people were we're just getting into Overwatch or Overwatch League, and they haven't even watched anything. We should probably say what four owing someone means, right? So <laughs>
0: yeah, it's this idea that you know, if out of four matches or four games mm-hmm. that you play, right, you win all of them. Correct. There's no no error lo- or there's no loss margin.
2: Right. I should say. When you play a game of Overwatch, just in the regular Overwatch game, you play on a specific map. If your team wins that map, that's. Uh, one map basically what you have in the overwatch league is two teams playing against each other across four maps that's called a match so if you win a game you win one game in the match if you win all four games you win the entire match well it's best of four so if you yeah, win if you, if you three, go two two you win
1: yeah so you get three oh, yeah. but it gets two two you go to a fifth one correct and the fifth is the whoever wins that final map is the winner
2: right yeah. so if you win three you've already won if you win that fourth one then you four owed somebody it's just kind you sh- of I mean, embarrassing shut down like. yeah so, yeah,
0: Houston, this underdog, comes out of nowhere, like 4-0s every you know, game that they play. I mean, mm-hmm. this
1: is after their first two games where they straight up lost. Oh,
0: yeah. Bad. Yeah, and that's the thing is that after those first couple games, mm-hmm. everybody was like, yeah, this is the Houston we expected, right? Right. Yeah, we,
1: cool logo, not going to be a very great team.
0: Yeah. And so everybody was kind of rooting for the Dallas Fuel, at least mm-hmm. in Texas. Yeah. Except for us here in Austin. Yeah, no, yeah. no.
2: I was a uh, I was a Dallas Fuel fan to start. Uh that didn't it didn't go well.
0: Yeah. So that kind of takes us to the end of stage one, right? This is where Houston fights to the bitter end. This this ragtag group of players comes out of nowhere and they manage to make their way all all the way to the stage one semifinals, only to lose at the very end to London. Mm-hmm. This is a really huge deal. Why? Why was this? Like, what what happened there that they got shut down by London?
1: I think it was just exhaustion. Um, because they, during that same day, had already had to play like two other matches. Correct. So. After playing that long, that many hours, you, it's basically playing like nonstop, for like eight hours right. minimum, plus the practice time you had beforehand, mm-hmm. the travel time and all of that. You're exhausted yeah. Yeah. by the end of that. And I think it just got to everybody. And you could tell both teams were just kind of lagging. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Ever, since then, the rules have been changed. They're, the top winners are now no longer playing directly after they won or lost. Right, they are waiting another day, let everybody get rested, mm-hmm. and you know that's come an interesting point
0: to kind of bring up here is that for those of you kind of getting into the Overwatch League or very new to it, um, you'll notice that things, the rules of the game are kind of changing. Not the rules, as in like the game itself is changing, but the, there are rules for things like how they handle the semifinals, how mm-hmm. they handle the finals. These are all things that. Because this esport of Overwatch is so new, mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out how to balance these things. Like, they didn't want to play on Sundays because that was just a hard rule. Right. But then they realized that. During this stage one, doing the the semifinals and the finals, doing them back to back, all ran till midnight, one o'clock here Central Time. Yeah, no, it and got like bad. I was exhausted just watching. Yeah, I the didn't games. want to stay up
1: anymore. I was like, I, I remember yeah. that during that, I actually fell asleep, and I was like, I don't care who wins. I'm just too tired. I have to go to bed. Yeah,
2: no, and that happens. That happens. Uh, it, it used to happen in sports a lot, especially with um, how many games of baseball we used to play as a country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd end up. Um, you know, people going after like the top two spots for the major, like final, like what is it, seven or nine playoff games that that like the last two teams play when it comes the down. World to, Series
1: seven games. Yeah,
2: because. yeah. When it comes down to, to yeah, yeah, sports ball. <laughs> when it comes down to, you know, your last four teams in Overwatch. Uh, if it's all happening in the last day, you can end up. One team could end up playing five games back-to-back easily. Yeah.
1: And that's just, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That is literally it's, an entire day of playing. No,
2: it's monstrous. It's, I mean, how many maps is that? That's like, that, that's playing the game for like 15 maps, 16, 17 maps.
0: Yeah, and there is a correlation, you know, it, there's this misconception that because it's gaming and you're sitting down, mm-hmm. that there isn't a exhaustion factor to it. Right. Like, if you've ever sat down and really tried to play a game for mm-hmm. eight hours, like, that can get really exhausting at some point, especially if you're playing something competitive. Right. Where you're having to be hyper-focused that whole time. Yeah, no, anybody who
2: works, you know, in a, in any kind of industry where they sit behind a desk and have to focus on something knows that mental exhaustion isn't very different from physical exhaustion. Well, yeah, and there was an
0: interview with Jake and uh, Rockus on, uh, what was it, Good Morning America or something this over this last week. And mm-hmm. one of the questions they were asked was like, you know, how do you prepare for these things? Is it just sitting in front of a computer for eight hours? And he was very candid about it. He's like, no, we have a workout regimen. Mm-hmm. We have a like health, like healthy eating schedule. Yep. We don't treat our bodies any differently than professional athletes yep. do. They may do more like of the hardcore working out, mm-hmm. but we've got to make sure that like our minds and bodies are like in sync with each other. It's not just staying up until three in the morning, eating Cheetos, and you know, hey, we're gonna win this thing. No, of course, like and, that. and
2: that's a huge misconception. And what people don't uh, people understand this, but they tend to forget when they look at esports champions is healthy body, healthy mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just try focusing really hard. Uh, you know, for eight hours playing a game when you have an iron deficiency because you're all you eat is Cheetos and drink Mountain Dew. Right. It's it, it's impossible. You you sure. have to eat well. You have to exercise. You have you have to have you know the j- j- just the, the the body structure to be able to sit up straight and concentrate.
0: Exactly. So we're at the end of stage one. They lose to the London Spitfire, and this is a huge blow. We're mm-hmm. we've been like so excited for the Outlaws at this point because they've been kind of kicking ass and taking names. Longest you know.
1: winning streak uh, so far, still in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just. Like it was a you know, proud moment for all of us, especially here yeah. in Austin at the watch parties that we go to, because it was like the cheering. Like I'm pretty sure the people. Oh. <laughs> so we go to watch at this uh, this arcade bar called Pinballs, yeah. and we have this this room that we do our watch parties in. And if you've ever been to an arcade, you know that arcades are freaking loud. And mm. I am pretty sure all of that huge arcade heard us screaming during some of those stage one matches. Oh, for sure. And that place is
2: big. It's like, I don't know. It's warehouse. Yeah. It's a warehouse. It's like the size of like an older Walmart, you know, it's big.
0: Yeah. And
1: we definitely were very, very loud because, uh, it's, it's something I didn't understand about like sports fans beforehand. Like, uh, getting that level of excitement that level of energy even though you're not anywhere near the team mm-hmm. you're in a completely different city yeah. like hundreds of miles away oh yeah and then but, you, but watching them and your reaction and of, of how well they're playing in synchronization it's it's just it really exhilarating did. it, it mm-hmm. did
0: make me think back to all of like the family gatherings that I've ever been to all the Thanksgivings and stuff like that where like my uncles would sit around and watch like college football or watch mm-hmm. football and you know they'd get really excited and hyped and you know I, I did watch some sports growing up but I wasn't as avid you know as an avid sports watcher as They were. Mm -hmm. So I never understood that level of passion until we kind of started watching the Overwatch League and we became those people. Right. Right. You know, we're all sitting around at a bar drinking together, eating hot wings and drinking beer and we're revved up. We're all feeding off each other's energy and screaming at the TV and we've got banners that obviously they can't see, but we've made them anyway. Oh, yeah. It's a a community experience and the Houston Outlaws have really fostered that community experience. They have very much. They are one of the teams that really care about their fans. I'm not saying that other teams don't care about their fans. Don't get me wrong; we are not that kind of show. But what I am saying is that them doing things like taking the time between stage two and three to come out and do a tour of Texas, meet their fans—you know—they they could have rested during that time.
1: Yeah, yeah there's, there's four major cities in Texas, mm-hmm. one of which they couldn't go to. Right, so right. They, the rest of the state they went and visited.
0: <laughs> right, all within a week, like, yeah. yeah. And did a lot of sightseeing and did all the, like the super Texas things. Like it's absolutely crazy that they put in that extra time. I'm just happy they train. got to have
1: some Whataburger. Yeah, This is that's, <laughs> that's that's my, my Texas pride. I'm like, you got. I'd have a Whataburger? Yeah, good. You know and what? You, yeah, know, they, you know they, why we are better than everyone else. Yeah, now. you
2: get what it means <laughs> to be a Texan now. So,
0: stage two starts strong. like right? we go against London and we get our revenge for the end of stage one. This shows the world that like we are in it to win it. And then it probably was something like exhaustion that had hit when we went against yeah, London mm-hmm. before that. Yeah. So we go in, we just whoop London, mm. and we're getting super excited here. But then things start to go downhill. We're eating losses against Boston, Philly, New York, the LA Valiant. They don't even Those get are
1: literally like that's what they like on the top four teams. That is yeah. true,
0: but we don't even get a win until we go against Florida, yep. and then we go back to losing against the LA Gladiators, the San Francisco Shock. Like stage two was tough for us. Yeah. Mm. So, what do we think? Kind what could have happened here to bring us out of that hole? Were we just not ready for the changes in the meta? The meta meta changed a
1: little bit, and that's actually entirely Houston's fault. Aside from just the the changes that happened in the game with uh, things like the the Mercy nerf, um, when Houston showed up with Jake running Junkrat, no one knew how to combat that because it wasn't part of it wasn't something they ever practiced against.
2: Junkrat was not a meta character. Right, yeah, well, So well, nobody and, gave a shit about him. Right, but Junkrat counters Dive and everyone played Dive. Soul played Dive, London plays Dive, New York plays Dive.
1: Right. right. And, and he, we
2: could definitely go into compositions
0: and things like mm-hmm. that a little bit more, but we're kind of hoping that our audience that is going to be listening to this first episode yeah, have yeah. a So a, we'll explain mm-hmm.
1: what Dive is uh, in about two weeks, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, they I, I think that because Jake was able to counter all the other teams so well. And I'm not saying that he was the one that made them win. Nope. Right. It, was, it was this odd factor out that the other teams it was, hadn't it was planned like for. this right.
0: unexpected factor, right? Yes. Everybody, and, everybody was playing the meta, right. and Jake came out not playing the meta. Yeah, right.
1: and I think that's, that's the, coaches, uh, the coach uh, for Houston Outlaws mm-hmm. was definitely part of that, made that decision saying, no, we're going to run this alternate idea because they're not going to expect it yeah and And real
0: quick by the way like we know that a lot of these players for the houston outlaws they're pretty famous like overwatch players Mm -hmm. a lot of these people played with the uh, u.s team um against the or in the first overwatch world cup in 2017 yep um i believe ty who's their coach was actually the head coach for south korea who took the yep Overwatch World Cup. Mm -hmm. Like, these aren't just like some random kids playing a game. These are people who have been playing, you know, Overwatch since its inception and have gone to huge tournaments and absolutely dominated. The talent pool in the Outlaws, when you sit down and look at the rosters, and we will talk about that in the coming weeks, Mm -hmm. is absolutely. Absolutely insane. No, oh, it's huge. Which is so weird that they were kind of thought of as an underdog to mm-hmm. begin with, because you're like, when you maybe not as a whole, but when you look at all these pieces individually, mm-hmm. they're very strong. Which is yeah. why you got things like you know Jake coming out, changing the meta by bringing in Junkrat and saying like, hey, we can really do some damage in stage one.
1: Yeah, yeah and I think that because there is there's two to three weeks between stages, mm-hmm. that allowed all the other teams to practice and kind of learn how to combat. Houston's style. Right. And that's the reason why Houston was getting shut down during the second stage, because they were still going off the idea of, like, we can just keep doing what we were doing, because it right. worked so well. Right.
2: And the reason they couldn't, I mean, the biggest change between week one and week two was they drastically changed the support character in such a way that made that character... Okay, uh, you mean stage one stage and stage one two? And stage, yeah, two yeah. stage one and stage two. stage
0: one and stage two. So, yeah, Overwatch League is broken into stages, mm-hmm. and during these stages... Um, the new patches get implemented is the way that this works. So go ahead and explain So, so
2: yeah, and, and uh, Blizzard patches Overwatch every time they feel like a character is too strong or too weak. They adjust the game slightly. And what they saw in the months leading up to the Overwatch League and all through it and all through stage one was that a specific healer character was far too strong. Mm-hmm. So about halfway through stage one, they changed the character. But those stages don't go into play in the Overwatch League tournament. Those patches
0: don't go into play. Correct. Until the next stage. Mm-hmm. So So they
1: make lots of little small changes in the meantime and and find a a good balance in those, like, two and a half months. Right. And it'll be implemented in the next set.
2: Right. So stage two comes along, and the healing game in Overwatch is fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. It's night and day. Mm -hmm. And the old strategies you used, you used to rely on, don't work anymore. Right. So uh, I... But, what, like but, but was it
0: just a matter of Mercy got nerfed? Mm-hmm. Or was it a matter of we had a break from stage one and now we're going to do things like hard counter Jake?
2: Mm,
1: could be. No, they, they specifically, almost every single team mm-hmm. was going after him completely. Yeah. They almost didn't even care about any of the other players. Mm-hmm. They just focused like with laser precision directly on him to shut down the amount of damage that he could output that fast. Right. Mm-hmm. So, they I mean, if you have three players going after one, yeah. that one player is not going to survive Correct. the matches. And that's really what happened during Stage 2. Yep. He was sought out and destroyed over and over again. Yeah. And, allowed, and just, he wasn't allowed to be on the field. Right? Um, honestly, I think that the maybe the coach should have maybe switched out to a different dps a couple times more often mm-hmm. whenever whenever one of your characters or players is getting shut down switch to another player see if they can change their style up maybe use different characters right. um and we did see quite a bit of that during stage 2 mm-hmm. and it was for the for, it was for the good yeah. it, it did help and it was a learning experience i think that the changes that happened uh, with the uh, the healer nerf um, really affected everybody pretty drastically. No one was quite prepared for that level of uh, slow play that they have to do now.
0: Right. But we have in the introduction of like a lot more tracer action going into stage two, which I don't think that... You know, Houston was really prepared for. Right, is one of the bigger issues is that Tracer was mm-hmm. at the forefront of the meta during stage two. Everybody was running Tracer. Houston really was encountering it. Nor were they playing a Tracer of their own as strong as they should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and and those are like little. In Overwatch, little flaws add up, right? Yes, very like, much Like, so. all, the entire team of the Outlaws is brilliant and they're amazing and they're very, very strong. But I think that there was just so many things that happened in the change of the, the meta of the game from Stage 1 to Stage 2. They just weren't able to react as fast as they needed to to get where they needed to be. So that kind of brings me into my next question for the panel, which is, um, obviously, Stage 3 is ramping up right now. Yep. What do we need to see a successful Houston Outlaws team in Stage 3?
1: Uh, so this is the question I knew was coming up and I've been dreading the most because I honestly don't know right now because uh, I've, I've been thinking about this so much and I don't have a good answer it sucks like I hate to say that like this is that's my answer like, I don't know mm-hmm. because when I look at their overall gameplay in stage one and stage two it just felt like in stage two that they... Fell apart a little bit too much. They let the game get to them, mm-hmm. and they their reactions were just a little bit too slow. Uh, whenever whenever entire teams are picking on one of your players, mm-hmm. it's really hard for the rest of the team to kind of rally and figure out a way to destroy them and get a uh, a. Uh, payload moving or what about, capture a point.
0: What about more swaps, though? I mean, See, there's a that's The only
1: thing that I, can, that, that I can really answer is they, they did just get a new player in that is a mm-hmm. Genji Tracer main. Mm-hmm. So that person, um, Aaron, I think is their uh, screen uh, name. Yeah, I would have to go back and. Yeah, I, I don't we have just, found, yeah, out we just found out about this. We just found out about this. It was alluded to a while ago, uh, but it was just like last week that this person got brought on. Mm-hmm. And I think that changing out um, for a. New DPS, Tracer, Genji main, to come in there and uh, disrupt a little bit. Um, honestly, yeah, I love Jake. I love watching Junkrat just destroy everything. I am a stupid Junkrat main player myself because mm. it's so much fun to do. Right. But but if, you, it, if they the can team...
0: predict what you're doing.
1: Yeah, if, if it's that you need to be unpredictable. There's literally a note with you load up Overwatch that just shows a little tip on the side. It's like move unpredictably so your enemies don't can't <laughs> like figure out where you're going. Right. It's literally that you have to change up yep. your player base. You have to change your tactics up a little bit. Flank a little bit more often, uh, go around the sides. I've seen some great plays from like uh, semi-pro teams where they they start going one way and the entire team's ready to like they're they're positioned to defend one area and they say nope we're going the other direction and they destroy their team because they weren't expecting to get like turned around from the side. Right. So it's it's there's all kinds of ways like to just kind of. uh, Futs with the game.
0: One of the things you have to think about, and you know, when we talk about Overwatch as an eSport, let's you emphasize that word sport. One of the things that you know in traditional sports that coaches do with their teams is they sit down and they watch videos of the enemy. Players, right? Oh, yeah. You know, if you're like, you know, Houston and you're watching like LA mm-hmm. in football, you're gonna sit down and watch their plays because you wanna you know that those plays might come up at some point against you and you need to think about how to counter that. And I think that's a lot of what happened from stage one to stage two, right? Is a lot of these teams said, Holy crap, Houston like can really bring the pain. We need to sit down, watch their strategies on all these VODs and go, what do we need to do to counter that? And that's what ultimately led to doing things like trying to shut down Jake as much as they did. Yeah, they
1: they knew what kind of paths he normally takes from spawn to what, where he's going to hide in a corner. Mm. What corners he's if he's going to do a rip tire, uh, where he's going to be hiding at so you can go ahead and just take him out early.
0: Right. And while maps are different in Overwatch in between stages, there's a lot of consistencies between yeah, them. There's, right? there's oh, yeah, there's
1: generally like a room that's hidden off to the side mm. that if yeah. you're a character that leaves your body yeah. and needs to go run or, away someplace or, else... Or if
2: you're walking to a payload or a checkpoint, yeah. you tend to stick to the left or stick to the right. But yeah. if the people follow you. I think what really needs to change... Uh, what I would like to see in Stage 3 is uh, meta surprises. I want to see the... If you say
1: Symmetra, I'm going to slap you right now.
2: <laughs> well, you don't know anything about Symmetra. You know nothing about Symmetra. Symmetra is Symmetra. useless. Uh, again, nothing about Symmetra. But yeah, I want to see, you know, a surprise May and like a Reaper every once in a while. They I want to see quite a bit. some the, the more game, roadhog. The matches
1: that they won in Stage 2 mm-hmm. was whenever they said, screw it, let's play characters that we're not supposed to play right now
2: right and then if you really want to counter a dive like that or count you know what excellently counters a tracer believe it or not it's a torbjorn turret do you know what counters uh what also counters dive besides uh, Junkrat reaper like there are a lot of things that you can do and i want to see a t i want to see houston take those risks i want to see them come out on top because of them because no one was expecting it
0: okay so let's see what for our final question for the panel here Give me now that we've kind of talked about stage three and stage mm-hmm. one and two, and we're all kind of really hyped for stage three. We think they're going to perform very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's have some fun, real quick. We are huge fans of the OWL and huge fans of the Outlaws. Give us panel. Give me one thing that you absolutely love about them.
1: I, I like their. I, I like the team's personalities. Everybody from the coach uh, and to the the staff that like the, that create like the Overwatch the Houston team. Mm-hmm. The staff is great; they're fun guys. We got to meet quite a few of them. They're they're really cool. They love what they do. Mm-hmm. The players, every one of their personalities, is fun. They they're not. They care if they lose, but they're there to have fun and enjoy themselves mm-hmm. at the same time. And. That's what really attracts me. That and they got the, the best logo in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for uh, for me, is that
2: you? they seem uh, not only that, that they're good, which I really appreciate from a from a Texas team, but they seem like genuinely really good people. You have a lot of instances of these uh, these players. That they they're they they're on the younger end. They come from the internet culture. They can be they can be trolls. They can be can can toxic. Be, they can be very toxic. I haven't seen any As- of that for Houston.
1: A since. lot a lot of the players in Overwatch League or just in esports in general are trolly little assholes. There's no nice it, way of saying it. They, they,
2: they definitely can be, but I haven't seen any of that from Houston. Maybe On the main stage, on the side, on their, on their Twitch streams, they always have a smile on their face, mm-hmm. they're always supportive, and they're always encouraging of people who talk to them.
0: And I'll, I'll definitely say that I got to kind of ride this personality bandwagon because when we got mm-hmm. to meet them in person, you could tell that they wanted to sit there and basically spend as much time as they could with their fans. Mm-hmm. It was just that there were so many people that showed up for those signings, they couldn't do it. Yeah, they yeah. They
1: had a four-hour window in in Austin for signing, and that went on uh, for five hours. Yeah. So an extra hour that they hung out just to try and fit everybody else that showed up in. Yep. I, that, was, that was time they could be practicing or going to eat more or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dude, I, love how,
2: I love how thing. everything just relates back to Whataburger. Dude, yeah. I just want Whataburger if you're on a road now. trip through Texas in a party bus, you're going to be stopping for Whataburger a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well
0: that's everything we have for our first ever Outlaws Outpost. If you want to send us your love for the Outlaws and have us read it on air, you can go ahead and send it over to... Tony, where can they do that?
1: Uh, I'm just going to go with, with info at the For right now, I haven't made up a, an alternate email address for us yet so info the surly is uh, our main podcast uh, email address our main podcast is the surly nerd where right now you can uh, tweet us at the surly nerd um there's also uh what is the twitter account for the austin group that i it's forgot like, the it's name like ATX of atx outlaws fans, fans i believe I think, at atx outlaws, outlaws fans is mm-hmm. i believe the, the name of it uh, sorry, we didn't. I didn't have these notes in front of me. I'm used to doing. <laughs> it's any a others. first
0: episode, guys. This we're is doing rough. it live.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's. I'm really just gonna leave it there for right now. Email, uh, Twitter us there, and if you want to reach out for, to us, uh, there's Nerd on Facebook.com. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah. if you're ever in Austin, please come to our watch parties. We can get you any of that information. You can come hang out with us. Yeah, we we, we, we post the Outlooks on our together. Facebook
1: page. Yep. If you want to do like events, we're like, hey, we're going to this event. We do we repost the events because we're obviously going to be showing up. And uh, I think. It would be really cool to come meet some of you people, and yeah. we, the the larger audience that we can get to come together, uh, it's it just builds such a great community. Yeah. And we have some amazing news uh, for those watch parties coming up uh, yes, in the absolutely. next week. So it's
0: it, going to be really exciting. So until next week, heroes. For Tony, this is James. For James, this is Tony. I'm Hector. Heroes. Good night. And good game.